Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Keep up with Team USA with gig speeds over Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Can your internet do that? Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Requires gig internet and compatible gateway. Gig speed Wi-Fi is shareable across all devices. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Xfinity, proud partner of Team USA. Yeah, the sound of the Arctic monkeys can only mean one thing. It is time for the Huddle Breakdown, the podcast dedicated to the stats, XG, and performance of Celtic. Welcome along. and here in the company of Alan Morrison and Juco James. Guys, hello. Hi. Hey, guys. So it's a whole new world we're living in. First match under John Kennedy, and I can confirm that Celtic have magically transformed into prime Barcelona. We were pinging the ball around for fun, triangles (laughs) all over the pitch, and confidence that we've not seen in the players for years. That was for the first 30 seconds, and then the last 89 and a half minutes were slow, monotonous, and pretty much the exact same as we've seen for the last few months. We have been doing this podcast for a fair few months now, guys, so I've decided... It's time to actually, you know, put a little bit of structure to it because we've just been coming on and just chatting numbers for the last few weeks. So the, the listenerships deserve more. They deserve, We've got a steady listenership. They want more. They want segments. They want everything just quick fire. And then it, the, it's the world that we're living in. So these are the segments that we're going to be talking about. These are the segments of the show going forward. We're going to have the breakdown, which is the main analysis of the game, which is coming now. We've got the Duff Award for the worst performer of that game. And we've got boy of the match, B-H-O-Y, of course, obviously. But obviously, I can't say that on the pod. And then finally, we'll have the stat of the day, which is what it says on the tin. So let's get into the breakdown then. Celtic won, Aberdeen nil. Austin Eddard with the only goal of the game coming seven minutes in. What a belter, James. Not so much. <laughs> uh, a, uh, a kissing cousin to the, uh, the Aberdeen game of the, the week before, whenever that was. So there were certainly some aspects that were encouraging a bit of a mini time machine back to the Rogers era, probably late Rogers <laughs> where the, the, the football wasn't terribly entertaining. Um, a lot of possession without a whole lot coming from it. Uh, for, for, for those that missed the first 10 minutes because of the paradise uh, issue with the broadcast uh, past the paradise, you know, it was um, I had, I found a stream pretty quick. Uh, for Aberdeen TV, and uh, it's for people that missed the first ten minutes. It's probably a good thing. So it looked like maybe the players, uh, you know, didn't hit the ground running with whatever new instructions they had, and 
and Aberdeen were in pretty good control the first 10 minutes. And then we kind of got into it a little bit. And I would say pretty much dominated the rest of the first half. Uh, again, not with a lot of end product. Uh, if, if we're trying to kind of seek out positives, I thought there was, it seemed to be more logical patterns of play. Uh, the relationship between Edward and Klamala seemed to be coherent. Um, you know, Edward got on the ball a lot, which is generally a good idea with your best player. Um, his touches were, I think, by far his highest of, of the season. Uh, I think the only two games that were reasonably close were two against Hamilton. So that tells you, you know, kind of the, the, the scope of, of how much he was on the ball. Again, he didn't do a ton with it. Uh, that's a whole different issue. But, uh, you know, the, the fullbacks played higher up. So that seemed to be something that was different. Uh, we got something out of the fullback play, which is completely different than what we've seen the rest of the season. Uh, so, you know, there was definitely some differences, I would say, that were noticeable. And given the fact that we really only had, what, three or four days uh, uh, what, after Lennon leaving, you know, tr- try to put some uh, uh, positive spin on it. I think that could be, cur- you know, some things to be encouraged about as we go through the rest of the season here. Uh, hopefully, you know, selection was interesting, you know, not my ideal. Who knows what's going on with Barkas? Maybe he's done. Interesting. You know. Yeah, is, is he's injured? No, yeah. I've not seen it confirmed, but that that's what I've read in various okay. other other um sites and what have you, but I've not I've not seen that confirmed by the club actually. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, you know, still having Brown over Soro is an interesting um decision to make. But outside of that, you know, it, you know, Brown's utilization was encouraging actually Again, back in time, a little bit more central and deep, kind of like uh, 17, 18 under Rodgers. Um, and, you know, uh, magically, I don't, I don't know if you got a chance to look at it yet, Alan, but uh, his output from being more central and disciplined was almost exactly 25% below his, that season average, as you oh, talked okay. about. In the, in the, you know, and it, generally speaking, uh, his total defensive output. So, Again, not surprising. It, to a degree, confirms a lot of what we talked about on his decline uh, podcast, which was, you know, he was closing a lot of that decline gap based off of uh, um, some ill discipline running around, maybe. So, uh, but I, I'd rather have him disciplined and central than, you know, we, we didn't get caught out a lot on transitions. It was mostly just sure. Ash Taylor and headers. That's that was the problem, yeah. and that that's. You know, pe- people have been harping on and about the tactics with that, and I, I've, I think I've come around on that a little bit. I, there was certainly some of that, obviously, but our physical profile is just not great on set pieces, and no. I've talked about that before. We don't have a lot of size, we don't have a lot of athleticism, uh, and I think that's a big problem. So, you know, St- Stephen Welsh is not going to get five inches on his vertical leap or grow four inches. You know, uh, Callum McGregor is not all of a sudden going to become a defensive dominant midfielder and, and set pieces so we, ju- we just don't have a great team at, at the selection disposal given the injuries with julian and and uh duffy basically being out and not being selected so you know from an xg perspective it was kind of one of those coin flip games i i find this this was a good game for the um looking at the variance in xg models so how did people you know how did an xg model classify the uh the klamala chance uh, pretty good deviation there on XG models on that opportunity. Some had it extremely high because it was central. 
others that are a little bit more detail oriented, I think had it lower, meaning it was a cross and it was using his off foot, for example, you know, him trying to score on a, a cross with his left foot may not be as high of a, of an opportunity. So that's where you get into the nuance of, of, um, you know, XG models. Um, so generally, you know, like I said, not, not a great performance, uh, overall, but some encouraging signs that maybe we can grow into, Mm -hmm. um, and some coherence, which was nice to see. Yeah. I think the starting lineup was something that interested me because obviously you think Klamala is going to be the man who stretches the defense. And I saw someone on Twitter and it was well spotted by them that it was actually a Klamala run that took two Aberdeen players out of the game for Otson Edouard's goal. So, I mean, there is uh, swings and rounds about these. You may not see him for 90 minutes, but moments like that prove that there's a reason why he is in the team. So that, that was, I thought that was interesting. I can't remember the guy who, who shared it, but it was it was a really interesting tech. Alan, your thoughts on the game or what, what stood out to you? Sure. So today I'm going to be good cop. So, um, <laughs> so I, I wouldn't say I was going to juice by this, but like I was kind of, um moderately enthused which is as good as it gets these days okay so so listen i uh, you know th- it seemed to me i thought if i had to if i had to kind of summarize it um what kennedy did is he simplified the game celtics game and the changes he made were logical right to my mind uh in, in the main okay and what we saw, I think, as we've alluded to, is a very possession-dominating uh, approach to the game. And it was, it really was, a heart back to the, to Rogers' ball. It, it really was. In the first half, Celtic completed 365 passes. I mean, you're, we're on, on course for a 700-pass game. Never happens under Lennon. It might have happened against like really, really poor opponents, but generally against a team like Aberdeen. That's that is back to Rogers ball. But what is interesting is that it, it faded actually quite badly in terms of our ability to maintain that style of play. Playing that possession game might look it may not look as uh, as if you're taking, you know, it's much effort, but actually it takes a lot of effort, it takes a lot of discipline. There's constant movement, constant uh, positioning required to receive passes, constant decision making. You know, if you compare that to a more direct approach where there's more breakup and play, there's less continuity, you know, it, it actually takes quite a lot of discipline and effort, as I say, to play this way. And what, what I found the most, the most perplexing and worrying aspect of the whole game for me was how Celtic faded so badly physically uh, and couldn't maintain the style that Kennedy had set them up to play. Um, they only completed um, 210 passes, roughly, in the second half. Um, Packing, you know, stopped, virtually stopped for about 20 minutes, um, after, around about the 35-minute mark. Um, there was no shot at all at goal between the 50th and the, 80, and the 83rd um, minute, and there was only one after the 35th minute. So Celtic actually got really good control of the game. Um, you know, their, their, their impact score, which is their, you know, the score of um, how well are we breaking down lines, it would racked up an impact score of 232 by half time. And only another 139 in the second half. You know, XG was about 1.05 by half time, and then nothing until the last five minutes, which actually shows you that if, if anything, Aberdeen actually faded and tired even worse than Celtic did. That Celtic tired um, earlier and then had to sort of fall back to control uh, control the game. So definitely, uh, uh, as I predicted on Twitter, a fallback to Rogers' ball. 
I think it's sensible. I think the players uh, can, can, I think precisely, and I say it's sensible because I think we can control the game better. In terms of uh, some other things that I think happened that simplified the game, as James rightly said, the fullbacks were actually higher. Now, that, that might you might think that introduces risk. And we've spoken all season about the fullbacks being caught out on transition. But actually, the, what I saw was they were given a lot of latitude and freedom, um, you know, um, uh, sort of um, vertically, but not horizontally. So you didn't see them moving around uh, the field in, in, in field too much. Um, so although um, Kenny and Laxal both lost the same number of passes uh, in open play as they normally do, with Kenny it was nine, which is about his average, and Laxal it was 11 and, and uh, you know, Thames' average. Um, but mm-hmm. six of those, six of those lost passes between them were actually crosses. So they were actually at least getting into positions to lose the ball by trying to create. So that that was that was good. Um, the really the really big thing that stuck out for me in terms of defensive discipline from the fullbacks was that both of them were only packed twice, which means they were only taken out of the play by forward passes twice each. Now the average for Kenny is four and a half, and the average for Laxalt is seven a game. So to me, that was a massive improvement in terms of that defensive shape, that fullback defensive discipline. And then it may just be um, coincidental, but as James also alluded to, they actually both had really great games from an expected assist perspective. Kenny um, racked up 0.64 expected assists; his average is 0.2. Laxalt was uh, 0.35 expected assists; his average is less than mm. 0.1. Right. So, 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 so they were more defensively disciplined. They didn't get caught out on the transition and they created more. And so I think that, that that's, and I think it mainly came from that, you know, that vertical freedom over horizontal freedom and just simplification of the game from the fullbacks. And, and I'll be honest with you, just from a, just from an eye test, I thought that both fullbacks looked, mm. looked like they both had their best games for Celtic. Actually. Yeah. Well, going, going into the game, that was one thing that John Kennedy said, and it was that he wants to simplify it and get back to improving where they know their weaknesses are. Although there was one point where Laxalt got, he had the freedom of the park to cross the ball in, <laughs> and he crossed it about 10 yards too far. And at that point, I was just thinking to myself, I genuinely would fancy myself to put in a better cross than Laxalt on my bad foot. Agreed, agreed. And I'm playing yeah. Sunday League amateur football in Dublin. There's certain things you, Kennedy or or Ancelotti or Mourinho or whoever is never going to change, and Diego's lack inability to cross a lofted ball from wide is one of those things. <laughs> well, but what I did no, what I did notice was again mo- both of them were em- putting more emphasis on low cutbacks. So that again that Manchester City model of high possession, patience, wh- getting getting flooding the box and then getting low hard balls into that those dangerous areas if that's the way we're moving then i'm kind of happy with that Mm -hmm. one thing that james brought up there that uh, i wanted to get your thoughts on alan maybe maybe you have the data maybe you don't uh odson edward very clearly it was uh, on it was onto him to get on the ball and go at the defense sort of like what he used to do come a little bit deeper get the ball and run at the defense how many times did he do that or do you have the the numbers for that yeah, I mean, he he absolutely did. So I think uh, James mentioned, I mean, so he completed 34 passes, which is the equal season high. And as James said, 
you know, two games against Hamilton, I think, were the only time he kind of got near that or, or equaled it. He got possession in the box eight times, and that's, his average for the season is five. I think he had two unsuccessful dribbles, and he was he miscontrolled the ball twice, and he made loads of poor decisions. I mean, no, none more so than at the end when uh, Sorrow was free to his left, and they could have killed the game. So it was very much a mixed bag from Edward. He, 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 I think this, this, this um, again, notion of having Klamala staying high, and bear in mind, you know, Klamala, um, completed five passes I and mean, he was rarely in the game um, it allowed Edward almost complete freedom to roam and as James said you know giving your best player that freedom makes absolute absolute sense so his XG his ex- expected scoring contribution assists and goals was 0.73 and his average is, is over one so um, it, he wasn't necessarily particularly productive and obviously his goal was was out from out a shot from outside the box low probability and took a big deflection um, but in terms of the what I'm encouraged about is is the fact that he's he's given freedom to connect to players like Turnbull and McGregor and so forth. I think on Klamala, um, it was actually you know I think one of the interesting things that's happened uh, in the last few weeks. We've had a a couple of new uh, additions to the Celtic uh, data analytical community. So one of those uh, Tony who runs Celtic Trends on Twitter. So give him a follow. He I think he's the guy you were alluding to. He he actually did a piece which highlighted really well. The movement that Klamala had during the game, um, the number of runs he made that were just never picked up, and passes that never happened. So I think what I would say out of that is that um, you know you stick with it, give it give it a chance, let it breathe, let it let it. Uh, there's nothing to play for, and certainly in the mm-hmm. league games. So so give him give him a chance. I just want to touch on Brown, if I may. So obviously you know James mentioned that again. I think um, again he he simplified Brown's game. Again, so Brown's Brown's um, well, again he limited his uh, wandering uh, vertically and stayed very much as the one that dropped in to the back to make the back three. And the reason for that was with the two strikers, uh, they were trying to sort of cut off you know Ayer and Welsh, you know creating creating the momentum going forward, forcing them to go long to 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 two, two sort of forwards who aren't great in the air. Um, so Brown basically dropped in and made that third player and allowed Celtic to build and keep possession. And Aberdeen didn't really sort of sort that out until the second half a little bit. Um, Brown was only packed five times, right? So he was only taken out by forward passes five times. His season average is 13. So to me, right. that's, that's simplifying his game, having him sit deeper. He wasn't dribbled past at all, and he didn't lose the ball in the defensive third once. His average is about, he does that once every two games. And, and, he, and, he, and he actually had 21 recoveries, and his average is 15. And his defensive action success rate was seventy five percent, and his season average is sixty five. So if you're going to, so what Kennedy managed to do in that game is absolutely maximise what he got out of Brown. So you've got to give him credit for that, I think. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to touch on before we move on, Jim's? I, I no, I, Alan did a, a brilliant job there. I mean that that's exactly the issue we've talked about. Uh, you know, Alan talked about. I forget the exact phrase he used. I, I, I apologize. What was it? The, the compounding when we had, you know, the Duffy toxic like, combinations. Yeah. yeah, the toxic combinations. So it wasn't only the toxic combinations under Lennon of the players, it was the utilization of those players. So, you know, we talked about this really since we started this show is about uh, how unfair it's been to these players where they've been asked to play roles or not really given roles and just thrown out there. Um, you know, and, and I, what was there was a. Uh, one of the former players talked about uh, this week about how, you know, um, 
or it was John Collins actually was on on a show and talked about how there hadn't been any language support for a foreign player coming over uh, on the part of the club. I, I would be shocked if in the midst of a pandemic, Laxalt, who d- doesn't, didn't, I don't, I'm assuming he doesn't speak English still, um, was thrown into a Celtic team in the midst of the hardest stretch of fixtures in, of the season uh, as a starting left back in a system where there's not a whole lot of direction coming in anyway, in a language he doesn't understand and he's not getting any help in that regard. Mm-hmm. So again, it's about this these issues of putting players in positions to succeed, or at least better positions to succeed. Whereas, you know, there was just so many things stacked on top of each other where players being in bad positions, not getting the support they need in the midst of a pandemic, you know, and that was yeah. the mess of the fall. Yeah, it's tough. And as someone who is incredibly difficult to understand because of my accent, I can imagine how difficult it is to understand Scottish people as an Italian, if that is not your first language, you would. Oh, he's Uruguayan. Or Uruguayan, sorry. Right. Yeah, in, sorry. in Italy, yeah, though, yeah, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. exactly. He yeah, probably so... speaks Spanish and Italian, to be fair. Probably so. speaks. Yeah, yeah. Right. He probably so, speaks Spanish and Italian. Yeah. Give or take, it's a, it's a European language that he speaks, and he's trying to learn English through Scottish, right. which is which is pretty tough. <laughs> Moving on to the Duffer Award or the Duff Award. I'm not sure where this title comes from, James. That was your idea. I wanted to call it the F.A. Ambrose Award. You you went for the Duffer Award. It's not Damien Duff, I presume. No, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a play off of uh, Duffy, but also my affection for the Simpsons and beer. So, I you know, it's kind of a, a clustering effect of uh, those, those three things. So anyway, it is the award for the worst performer off the game. And I can imagine, I, I, I can I have a guess who... Who I, you have? I, th- this is completely subjective. So uh, you go ahead. You tell us what you think, because there's no right or wrong answer with this. Well, I, 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 I'm going to go. Even though we did, we did point out that run. It, it, it has to be Klamala for me because I can't remember seeing him do anything apart from that run, which was pointed out, pointed out to me after the game. Um, apart from that, I can't remember him doing anything. It was. It, I mean, I, I don't want to be too heavily, heavily critical of him because. It's his first game in how long in a system in, that he hasn't played. And, I mean, he's lacking sharpness, so you have to give him time. See, I, I actually was okay with Klamala. Um, so, I, <clears throat> I, Alan, what did you have on his XG? I mean, it was depends on, again, the model, but I, it, was, it was decent. He had two good chances, Yeah, two reasonable he's, chances. This is where the continuity editor needs to uh, step oh, that's in. That's all right. My, my bad. Well, I'll keep rambling while you look it up. But... <laughs> He's actually, no, listen, his expected scoring contribution was 0. 0.78, which is, yeah. the, which is only behind Christie. Right, which, again, given his touches, so I, I think... Um, Mainly through that one big chance, right? Right, right. So, you know, good point, but it's the issue of quality over quantity. Uh, is there a role if you're going to play two strikers does one buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters redfin agents can help they'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into they'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer with a redfin agent on your side you can sail straight to your dream home local expertise from redfin that's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA, 844-759-7732. have to be the one that's, you know, because I think one of our problems has been 
either playing a midfielder at striker in a two striker system mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or two strikers that drop. And yeah. I think just the the way he played the game was good. Um, I, you know, my, my, I think Welsh had a rough game. I'm going to give him my, my duffer award. Uh, and that for people that missed the first 10 minutes, <laughs> that's important context. Uh, cause he got absolutely smoked a couple of times, um, in, in the first part of the game. And, uh, I, I just, you know, I've, I've expressed my skepticism about him longer term. Um, he, he has, he might improve under Kennedy. Hopefully he's got some of those ball chasing tendencies that you see. He comes kind of out chasing things at times. Um, so, you know, we, we, against a better team, I think a couple of those opportunities where he got beat pretty bad early, uh, could have very easily been goals. So, so, so I, so I have this theory, um, that what happens in the first five minutes, Affects ninety five percent of people's perception of the rest of the game, yep. and, and, and if somebody well, that, does something, so somebody does something wrong in the first five minutes, which Welsh did. Welsh mm-hmm. had an error in the first five minutes. He actually only, you know, basically colours judgment. Yep. Aberdeen, Aberdeen had that. Aberdeen basically took advantage of the fact that Celtic, as a team, made th- three defensive errors in the first four minutes, and and it was all because they were trying to play out from the back and trying to play this more measured approach, right? And then they were just adjusting to it. And then on five minutes, we had that corner where they created the bulk of Aberdeen's expected goals from that one, that three chances off of one corner, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, Welsh, Laxalt, Brown were all chasing the ball and getting nowhere near it type of thing. So, but actually... <laughs> the keystone cop of our it, corner. It was that. that. We've seen it so many times. Welsh had the highest defensive action success rate in yeah. the game at 89%. He only lost one, one challenge stroke intercept. He was, his, his numbers, his defensive numbers were better than Ayers. So, but, so there uh, you so go. It, it, with the inaugural Duffer Award for May, yep. I'm going to give it because that you could give that same profile to Duffy in, in multiple of his games, uh, oh, where man. where he had dominant uh, defensive action success rate. He was dominant in the air, and he had one or two errors that just. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking one error. Where yeah. one, I'm see, one error. see, this is well, why we need, this is why we need the award because I, I wanted to get stir stir the pot a little bit. Oh, well, that's right. You that's guys right. disagreeing <laughs> with each other for once. And and it goes to show, because uh, again, I, I there was an error he had, but he also got smoked one other time where a guy blew by him. Um, and, and that's, you know, back to fine margins where, you, you know, Aberdeen's just not very good. I mean, they've, they've, I mean, they lost right. They lost hedges. I mean, they had the components, I think, of being a pretty decent team this year, even with, you know, um, McKinnis is the manager. They, they had the athleticism and the youth to basically, you know, play his uh, man marking kind of scheme. Um, but at this point, they're just not very good. So th- it's a good, good example of where, you know, some of those things aren't punished domestically against certain opposition where, you know, a couple of weeks. I worry about Welsh against, you know, a Ranger side. I worry about us trying to play out from the back uh, in this you know, uh, Rogers ball, uh, flashback, um, which by the way, Rogers isn't really playing as much anymore, which is no. the interesting thing. Yeah. Different um, players, different players. yeah, he, he, he's, yeah. he's incorporated a little bit of, uh, uh, the German style, um, with, with counter pressing, be a little bit more direct, but so, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful still. I mean, I, I hope Welsh finishes the season. Well, I do. It's just, I'm worried. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still see signs that, you know, 
it might be a, a little bit too early for him. The, the, other, the other positive I would say from him is is um, in the second half, um, Aberdeen basically parked Camberry onto Ayer in the same way as Jordan White had been parked onto Ayer. Ayer yeah. uh, made 54 passes in the first half and seven in the second half. Yeah. Uh, he had two progressive runs and two uh, drib- successful dribbles in the first half and zero in the second half. Now, to me, that's an issue for Ayer. Ayer's got to problem-solve that one. He's got to work out, if they're yeah. going to stick the centre-forward on me and, and remove one of Celtic's main ball progression weapons, he's got to work out how to kind of get around that. But Welsh actually was therefore was had a, a, he had more... Uh, uh, you know, he had more of the ball in that second half, and there was, there was more impetus on him. Now he's not particularly brilliant at getting the ball forward, but he was ninety five percent on his passing. You know, he was he, he he was decent. I think he did a decent job there. Very safe. Uh, yeah, he right. was safe. Which yeah. is which is right. Which is the right the right thing. Yeah, and I I think that's you know this just goes back to kind of the general um, uh, analytics. Uh, evolution. So there was a piece that came out last week. It's a series. And I, I retweeted it out. So I don't know if you'd seen it. I'll send it to you a link, but uh, uh, it's from American soccer analysis. Some guys have published on that website. Yes, good and, yeah. So they've gone across five, the five big leagues in Europe. And they've um, also looked at MLS data from, I think, 15, 16 and looking at the importance of progressive passes, um, the relative contribution that they have to goal scoring and then the types of progressive passes that lead to goal scoring the most. And it, uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, people, it, it, this is where, uh, you know, this discussion about fans, no fans, you know, the impact on, let's say, a Liverpool and how, you know, that's been a narrative. And, uh, you know, they draw that correlation between Celtic and how certain teams have been disproportionately impacted, supposedly. Um, I, I don't, I think, it, it's difficult to understand the cascading impact of someone like Van Dyke not playing uh, and how much he does in carrying the ball, his passing, his progressive passing from deep, and the type of ball progressions he does um, and, and the cascade that that creates. And I think that Celtic with Julian out or not having played Julian because his progress, I'm not comparing him directly to Van Dyke, obviously, but you know, that's not really a strength of ire either, uh, mm-hmm. that deep lying passing. This is more dribbling. Um, so if you neutralize ire, we don't have a, and you're playing Brown in that dropping deep role. We basically don't have anyone playing deep that has yeah. that skill set. Because yeah. yeah. the fullbacks, full as we know, are not good passes of the ball. Well, and even, it, even, right. even, and with, even with time and space in front of them. <laughs> exactly. And if they're yeah. going to be playing higher up, is it might be appear under under Kennedy. So that's going to be a problem, I think, that we're going to have now is, you know, uh, and we saw that, I think, a, a, a fair amount where with Brown dropping deep between the center backs, you then had McGregor collapsing to get central um, to get on the ball. And, you know, he's decent at that, but that's really not his game either. Um, you know, he's he's pretty good, but I wouldn't say that he's, you know, exceptional at that. Um, so, you know, I, I th- that's something to keep an eye on as we, you know, again, we don't have a lot of, well, I mean, once we get to the split, you know, the rest of the games are at least going to be reasonably competitive. And we've yeah. got the two, the two derbies left and maybe a third, theoretically, hopefully in the Scottish Cup. Or I guess not. Hopefully, hopefully they get knocked out early. But um, so you know, I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch relative to 
uh, what we do. Because I, because of that American soccer analysis piece, I then went back and re-looked at some stuff. I even looked at uh, Soros' time in uh, Israel uh, with through passes. Because through passes, have, you know, the, the two progressive passes that have by far the highest probability of having a goal scored after it are cutbacks. Again, Alan, your, your point about us targeting that more under under uh, Kennedy um, last week. And then uh, the second one is through balls. And, um, you know, that that's where uh, that deep lying midfielder could have a lot of value. And Soros output there is a good bit higher than mm. than Brown. Um, and again, that's where you get into Rangers. They have much more of that out of Davis. Um, where if you look at total midfield creativity that, you know, Davis does a lot of through balls. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, again, another thing to keep an eye on, how, how are we getting, uh, chances created from midfield and back to the issue of, well, you know, are, are our strikers getting involved enough, you know, is Klamala being starved making his runs? I, th- I think as Tony showed, he, ma- he made mm-hmm. a lot of good runs. Yeah. But who's getting them? You know, who's making those through passes for Celtic right now? Yeah. The main guy is the is Turnbull. Yeah. Um. But again, Turnbull's almost always on the left, so he drifts left too. So, so, again, we, so I'm going to segue from that, James. Into yeah. he was my duffer. He was my duff of the week. Was Turnbull? So. Oh, okay. He, he, he had the lowest. <laughs> he had the lowest packing stats of all four midfielders and yeah. Edward. He had the lowest contribute score, lowest scoring contribution of of any of the forward players. At 0.16. And he also contributed a defensive error turnover in the first half that led to McCrory having a shot on target. And what it what occurred to me was one of the things which not just under Kennedy, it started to happen a little bit under Lennon as well, is as you rightly say, the physicality of the team is an is another is another systemic issue that we've got. And so we're st- we're starting to play a lot more uh, short corners and free kicks, quit taking them quickly. And it just it did strike me that if you remove that set police play from Turnbull's armory, you know how, how much you're you know d- diminish him by. And mm. in this game anyway, at this game anyway, his open play, his open play contribution was unfortunately very very low. So he was my duff of the week in that game. <laughs> more more positive then because Alan <laughs> Alan, you've been the the shining light of this Aberdeen one nil. Uh, win for Celtic. <laughs> Who, who's your boy of the week then? Who's your man of the yeah. match? Yeah. So as I say, I, I didn't go. You know, the the, the fans uh, went on Celtic TV. Went for Ayer, um, and as I say, for the reasons that he didn't solve the problem in the second half, and for the reasons that his actually his defensive action success rate was lower than Welsh's, I, I didn't go with Ayer. Uh, so the the guy I went for, he had the um, the highest defensive action success rate of all the forward players at forty three percent. He had, he, he, despite the fact he had a 91% pass success rate, he created six chances, including an assist. He had the highest expected assists and the highest secondary expected assists, and that was Christie. So he was my uh, wow. of the match. Take a bow, Ryan Christie. You've actually done something good that has. <laughs> Just yeah, an average guys. day at the office. For yeah, wow. Well. What 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 has Alan been uh, crying out for with Christie is exactly what he finally got, which is more of a defined role in a defined system and harnessing some of those. You know how how many how many terrible shots did he take? One, oh, I think only one. Have, he didn't have many shots. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I had to more of a that, more of a team thing. I, I don't think they were, I think yeah they didn't have as many yeah. uh, really. Um, I mean shots outside the box. He had one right. McGregor yeah. had two. 
McGregor's little cameo at 10, where he had three shots in the last five minutes. <laughs> it was like amazing. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, no, Christy, Christy was it for me. Oh, wow. James, anyone in stand out for you? Yeah. So I'm going to go uh, just to, to I, I think Christy's a good shout. I'm going to go with Bane um, because I think uh, if you look at post shot XG, uh, you know, we, basically the difference in the game um, was his save on the Ash Taylor shot. Uh, I thought we're, we're, again, coherently using Bane more. I mean, he had the one terrible turnover on the one play out uh, from 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 uh, having possession. But, you know, he, he, he's a pretty decent shot stopper for his size, I think. And uh, he's had some stretches where he's really played well in the past. I don't think he's the long-term solution. Um, but, you know, when you have a game where basically the keeper gets you t- uh, two points, uh, which I think you could argue he did in that game, then, you know, I'll, I'll give yeah, it to Bain. Fair enough. I'm going to give it to the player who I don't necessarily think had the best game, but it was just wonderful to see him actually get back to what he was best at doing, and that's Odson Edward. He scored the goal, but I just, it's been so almost sad watching Odson Edward this year be absolutely starved of any sort of uh, passes into him, crosses into the box of any quality, and even just not being allowed to do his role to the best of his ability. And I'm going to miss Odson Edward where he's, when he's gone. So I, I thought it was great to see him back doing what he is best at doing. Before we finish up then, the stat of the day, the, I don't know, the most interesting stat, the best stat, the, the worst stat that is used by the co-commentators on the during the game. Where are we going with this, Alan? Um, can I just be a little bit cheeky? Um, we didn't cover the Ross County game. We were on the 20 Tims Patreon last week, and we didn't really, obviously because of the events of Lennon leaving, we didn't cover the Ross County game at all. I do want to just touch on a couple of stats from that game, if I may, because they are brilliant. Um, <laughs> so, listen, so listen, listen, and this is positive, right? This is you know, this is one player who you cannot say ever threw in the towel, whoever let his head drop, whoever didn't play his heart out for the manager in that absolutely. You know, woeful performance against Ross County. This player had nine, nine secondary assists, nine, right? Five being his previous high in the season, as well as defensively, um, 23 recoveries. And again, his season average is 12, and that was Callum McGregor. So I, th- I think those two stats were just stunning for me in that dreadful match. In terms of stat of the week from Aberdeen, it's Christie, six chances created. That's fantastic. James, anything from you? No, I, I echo that. I, I thought Christie was brilliant. Yeah. It, 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 especially with the left-handed uh, nature of our attack, which is, you know, as as long as Brown and McGregor are playing together, that's probably going to uh, uh, sustain. So, um, yeah, I, I, he basically created the goal with that. I mean, that was an excellent pass uh, to Edward into that space. And, and so that, to me, that was... Um, you know, we talked about Rogers ball. I mean, that, that was that was a level of football that we haven't seen all that often this year, uh, where somebody makes a good run, a player identifies a good passing lane, makes a, a spot on pass. And that was a good shot. I mean, it, you know, we talk a lot about shots outside the box and and th- those aren't all created equal. I think we only had one shot that I would argue was a bad shot in the game. Um, the other handful of shots were just outside the 18 yeah. uh, and, and central. Uh, I mean, that's, so. 
I mean, that goal was coherent because Clamalla went one way, Edward went the other, and and the Christie pass was a, one of these passes I love. Um, that sort of inside diagonal pass, very, very difficult to defend if you, if you get it right, and it just completely. I mean, Aberdeen, as you say, were not great, but it completely completely confused the hell out of them. The, the only other thing I'll say is I I want to give. Uh, so I saw a behind the goal angle of that last play with Edward and Soro. Um, I actually think the the bad decision um, Edward made was not playing through Elianusi, who was making a kind of a little mini run, had the inside shoulder of the defender. Because if you look at the the angle that Soro had, and I'm Edward, I'm not sure I'm passing the ball to Soro there either. Take a um, shot on his left foot, yeah. <laughs> well, right. So he, you know, he was fairly. It was an angled shot. I mean, he was. It was pretty severe angle, and to think that he was going to one time a shot to score from there. Eh. So I think you know I think he's getting he got he's gotten slaughtered over that decision not playing Soro and I think actually if you look at the replay Elianusi was probably the pass to make slip him through, um, so just thought I'd raise that one. Well, listen, as I said, it's a whole new world. Celtic won a game. They had some coherence. Ryan Christie wasn't shooting from outside the box, and the huddle breakdown has a bit of structure to it. So. It's, it, it, it only took us until March. I mean, we're, there's there's still three months of this, the season left. So we hopefully will have more wins like this. And hopefully, you know what? Like, it was three days that John Kennedy had working with this side as the first team. And as he said, it was an emotional week as well for them because the manager who has been, been with them for a long time has resigned from their job. So it was all about getting the win and they got the win and hopefully there'll be more wins to come until the end of the season. James Allen, brilliant as always. If you want to listen back to the Huddle Breakdown, you can find us on Spreaker, on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And you can follow us on Twitter as well, at Huddle Breakdown. We'll chat to you later.
works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 